do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I wanted to do a special podcast for you guys today. I'm looking back at May and how many awesome people that we've had on the show. And we thought we wanted to try something new and try to jam pack, you know, six or seven episodes into one little 20 or 30 minute episode. So you get the best bits and pieces from each show and see if there's a guest in there that you want to go back and listen to the whole thing. So I hope you guys like it. It's just 20 or 30 minutes. You're going to hear all the best stuff and get an idea of what you might be missing out on if you haven't heard our May podcast yet. So here we go. All right, let's listen to a few minutes of State of the Market number 46, more coronavirus impact on real estate search patterns. I mean, most of our listeners have heard of Carrot, but for the ones that haven't, tell us what Carrot is and how it became, how it came to be. Kind of leading into, let's say 2014, which is when Carrot started, uh, I, I had some other businesses in the past. I'd really learned how to, how do you attract really, really high quality prospects online? Like the best ones, the ones who are the most motivated. They are the highest margin clients. They convert the fastest and the quickest and the easiest. Uh, how do you get in front of those people? And what I had found was it was it was always this one method that worked the best for me that was not hamster wheel, that didn't wear me out, that actually built momentum over time. It actually got easier over time and more effective over time. And it was evergreen. Like I would do a marketing piece today and it'd still be working two, three, four years in advance. And it was always content. I would find out what my prospects are, are searching for online. I'd find out what problems they have or opportunities they're looking for. I'd create a good piece of content. I'd put it on a website that works well to get ranked in Google. And then I'd start to get people landing on it, like my ideal clients. And I figured out how do you make them convert into a lead? And that all kind of became carrot in 2014. And so today uh, we have just shy of 7,000 active real estate agents, active real estate investors uh, that we work with all across the country, generate just shy of hundred thousand leads a month. Uh, organic leads is most of them. If you were to search sell my house fast or any, any phrase like that in any city in the country, you're probably going to find somewhere between three and eight carrot sites controlling page one in Google and pretty much every market in the country. Tell us a bit about uh, you yep. know, just uh, what, you, what you've seen on the buyer side, the sell side statistics wise. So the stuff that's interesting for right now with COVID is this. So this is a screenshot from that pane that you just saw there. This is as of today, this morning, I took the shot. Uh, this right here is when the shelter at, at, and in place or stay-at-home orders hit. And you can see immediately there was a little bit of a dip and then the next week, a little bit more. And that lasted for a couple of weeks, right? Like right there, as soon as that hit, about a 10% dip in traffic is what we saw. Sorry to interrupt for a second. If you guys are just listening on the podcast, you'll be able to see these slides on the YouTube page. But if you're you know, driving, if you're one of the few people driving in a car somewhere listening... <laughs> Or just listening to it. So Trevor's showing on his screen kind of sessions that are happening. And and it's like, well, there's one day of the week where a lot of people are searching and then it starts to go down again. And then it seems like it hits that same day of the week again and everybody searches. What's that big day of the week that people are searching? So Monday, Monday and Tuesday are almost always the highest traffic pages on our clients' websites. Um, social media traffic currently in the past uh, quarter or so converts about 2%. Now paid search just below that 1.86%. Organic search, y'all, 5.34%. Uh, so almost three times higher conversion on organic versus paid and social. 
Uh, you can get less traffic, less prospects, but convert more and actually make more money with less work uh, in the long term by putting content online that ranks well in Google. And so if you're, if you're adjusting your content, adjusting your message, building authority, trust, and credibility right now in your ads, in your videos, on your homepage of your website, we're finding that is increasing conversion uh, while everyone else is just sitting there saying, I'll, I'll wait this out and, and hopefully my, my click costs will go back down later. You guys get content out there. It's making a difference right now. There was so much good info that Trevor just gave us today. One of, the, one of the great first points he made was there are more people that are interested in selling their house now that are actively searching, saying, hey, I want to sell my house now. More people doing that today than the day before the COVID outbreak craziness started. You guys keep tapping in Real Estate Rockstars. Uh, follow everything that they say. It's an amazing community over there. So thanks, Aaron, for letting me uh, join you guys for a little bit. And if you want to go hear the rest of that, go listen to Stay the Market 46. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. Now, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. Next, we're going to have a few minute listen with episode 903, my interview with Dan Rashawn, three actions to take when facing adversity. One of our questions, our pre-show question says, if you were on stage for how to succeed, what would the name of that panel be? And I thought it was great for what we're going through right now. Your answer said the three actions to take when facing adversity. So right now the world is facing adversity. What are those three actions? Well, first of all, it's got to be your mindset. So first action is more of a, of a being rather than an action. And that's understanding that however we deal with this, is it's up to us. And for some of us, we're anxious. Some of us were scared. Some of us were fearful. And that's okay. I appreciate that. And I respect that. Yet, what are you going to do in the face of fear? If you're experiencing fear right now, you have a choice of how you deal with that, right? And, and you, can, you can head you know, into it or you can, uh, you, know, you, can, you can be scared from it and take no action. That won't, that won't serve you very well. 
So first action would be really about how you're being and, and, and how you're thinking. The second action would be to, uh, to, to time block. When you block your time, and you have discipline in there, you get freedom. I book an hour with my daughter from 12 to one every single day, as I mentioned. Well, guess what? I'm spending that time with my daughter every single day. Now, when I'm at work, I'm 100% in work and she knows that she's not going to bother daddy. And that allows for me to be productive during the work hour. So the second thing would be time blocking. And the third thing would be take action and take massive action. If you thought you had to take action before in a normal marketplace, you got to take more today. Um, and you have to care for the people that you're, that you're reaching out to. So, so don't get, don't get confused to sit there and say, it's, it's all about, Hey, I just want to see how you're doing because it is about that. And you have to be genuine with that, but it's also about making sure, cause there are buyers and sellers out there, making sure that you're not missing those opportunities to be able to help somebody because you're needed more than, than ever before. It is even more vital for you to be able to be available for your buyers and sellers today because a buyer and seller, they're going to be, they're going to be scared in a normal time. They're going to be, you know, why is it, why is someone buying or selling? It's because they're getting divorced. They're getting married. They're having kids. They're getting a new job. They're getting relocated. Whatever the case may be, they're going to have that anxiety. And now you throw on, you know, all this, you know, uh, you know, all these other fears. They definitely need the services of an agent today. So if there's a new agent just getting started right now. What advice would you give them during this time? So if somebody is trying to go be a listing agent or trying to be a buyer's agent, they feel like they can't really do their normal, they can't go sit at open houses. They can't go do the normal stuff. Any tips or ideas for, for a new agent on how they can take advantage of this time? So there's, there's options. I mean, you could have a conversation. If you're a new agent, you may want to talk to a, uh, a sales team, uh, an organization that's already bringing in business that can teach you how to service it. And I've always believed in sales team. I run a sales team. I've always believed that, it, that the right sales organization is something to consider. Now, I say that with a disclaimer because there's a lot of sales teams out there that are not organized, that don't uh, have, you know, a lead generation department, that don't have an operations department. And then you as a sales agent should be in the sales department. If you choose not to join a sales team, then, you know, there's, uh, there's some, uh, some inexpensive lead generation techniques, like, you know, advertising on Facebook, you know, you can get some business right now. You can find some buyers right now for, you know, relatively inexpensive. Yeah. So what, so what are you guys doing for lead gen right now? Mostly calling our sphere uh, or our database rather. So I've got a, a, a database. There's about about 13,000 people in my database. And there's one of three people in there. There's either a sphere of influence or there is a real estate agent or there's somebody that at one point contacted us to buy or sell. All right. As a reminder, if you liked that little clip and you want to go hear the rest of it, go listen to episode 903 with Dan Rashawn. Right, here was a few minutes of State of the Market 47, second week of May. Airbnb cuts 25% of their staff. Here, have a listen to a few minutes of this one. There's another slide on here that you, that you got over there that, that says major financial institutions are calling for a V-shaped recovery. So the what? Um, how do you feel about that slide? You know, that's why I'm glad that this slide is backed by Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo, because I'm not sure, to be honest. These are the big boys, uh, and they're the ones doing the hardcore analysis and it's very interesting to note that these four giant institutions are really uh, expecting a V-shaped recovery. To be clear, you know, V-shape is a is a you know a sort of precipitous fall. You hit a point at the bottom, and then you do a strong climb out. So this is a chart that I think that every realtor should have at their fingertips because it comes from 
independent sources. I like the I like the fact that it doesn't come from National Association of Realtors. It doesn't come from the mortgage lending. You know, people that want you to believe that the skies are blue, even if they're not. And the other thing about this chart, I know Aaron said it already, but this is um, this is a prediction of GDP. So this is the entire economy. So the you know. These, the big guys think that by quarter four, the entire economy will be back to normal, which is pretty pretty astounding. Bigger piece of news. So yesterday, I got an email from Airbnb. So I'm a super host on Airbnb. You guys have heard me talk about it. It's a, a special place in my heart out there. And they made an announcement that they had to lay off 1,900 of their 7,500 employees. So if you do the calculation, that's 25.01% of their employees. And they said, you know, they also know things are going to look a little different. So they're going to be a more focused company now. The interesting part about that, this, that I thought was just crazy was they, it's this long letter that they sent out, but they said, you know, here's what we're going to do for severance. So employees in the U.S. will receive 14 weeks of base pay plus one additional week for every year at Airbnb. Tenor will be rounded to the nearest year. So most of that, you could say that's good news. That's actually like you know, giving somebody four and a half months pay, five months pay, and getting them a new job and everything else. Like, wow, like how grateful those people are going to be that they worked at a company like Airbnb. The other side of this that scares me a little bit is they're giving away four to five months paid severance. And part of me says, hey, if you thought, if they thought this was going to be a V-shaped recovery, mm-hmm they would just have people work for the next four or five months building out new things and like redoing stuff. Like why? Like that's a lot. I think in general, when people pay multi-month severances, they're thinking it's going to take about twice as much to get that back. So, Hey, if they're going to, so that kind of mean, so they think five months from now, it's not going to be much better or they would have just kept everybody going and not paid them so much of a severance. If you want to hear the rest of that interview, go check out state of the market 47. All right, let's listen to a few minutes now from episode 904, Kelly Scaval. After I got started and was really having a lot of success and enjoying it, I said, I should have started this earlier. And my husband reminded me that earlier when I was younger, when we had just bought our first property, I didn't, we didn't have, I didn't have the sphere of influence. I didn't have the network that I had built over the following like seven or eight years. So although I sometimes think I wish I would have started earlier and I think I start, I no, I, it would have been beneficial and I would have enjoyed it. I think um, I took off so fast because I had spent time cultivating relationships, building a sphere of influence, um, not knowing how much it would benefit me once I finally became an agent. That is really good advice too, because there's people at all ages starting in real estate. You know, and some people are starting when they're really young and some people are starting as their third or fourth or fifth career. Right. And, and they could, it could easily get discouraged to say, you know what, I'm, I waited too long to get into real estate. I shouldn't get into real estate, but it's being able to tell people, you know, whatever they've done their whole life, the, the sphere that they've grown their whole life, the network that they've grown their whole life, they can use it now. What are some things that you've learned over the last, you know, several years? Like kind of, do you have any advice for people that for the first time they're like working next to their kids, you know, trying to fit it all in? Uh, What advice would you give somebody? Yeah, it's different and it takes an adjustment. My biggest thing is to just give yourself grace. You know, it's difficult and it's an adjustment for everybody. I get up really early before the kids and get get what I can done prior to them getting up so then I can spend time with them. Um, once they get up with it, we like, we watch cartoons together every morning and that's when I drink my coffee with them. And it's in the busy season, especially I will often put them to bed and my husband works nights. So he's not, he's not home at night. So then I'll put them to bed and go, 
uh, back to work for four, three or four hours. And then I, I'm, I always feed my kids first too. If I want to sit down for a good chunk of time, <laughs> I don't know if you guys experience yeah. this, but I'm like, if their bellies are full, I can usually get a good 20 minute chunk where I can really bang out some work. So that is so funny. It's such a good point. I haven't thought about that, but you're right. You get them, you get them fed, you get, you get them set and you're going to, yeah. that always slows everybody down. And the giving yourself grace is such a, a great point. So my wife and I, the, we've homeschooled for a long time. We've worked from home for a long time. And so many people right now are, are reaching out to her because of homeschooling and her five hour school week brand and saying like, Hey, what do we do? And her biggest thing right now is saying, just give, give yourself some grace. You know, give yourself, you like, you don't have to, you don't have to be a perfect teacher. You don't have to be a perfect anything. It's all about balancing that relationship right now with, with, you know, with your kids and your family. All right. If you guys liked that one and you want to go hear the rest of that one, go check out episode 904 with Kelly Scavall. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. Now, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices so we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. All right, and here comes a piece from episode 905 with Julian Colvard. But there's a key to converting real estate leads. So typically, I do like 30, I do 150 contacts a week, 600 a month. Of social, I don't, so I only count voice to voice contacts. I don't count social media contacts. So if we were counting social media contacts, it would probably go from like 70. It, it, it'll go from 30 to 70 because I get about 40 contacts on social media because once I wake up from 6.30 to 7.30, all I'm doing is sending out messages. One of the things you said there, Julian, is you are going to focus on the stuff you can control. So you said your goal right now isn't necessarily how many closings you're going to get, but you can control how many people you call per day. You can, you can control how many DMs you send on social media. So you're saying, hey, instead of setting your goals for what your production is going to be, you're just going to set your goals on the things you can control. You're going to make sure that you talk to people make sure you make the phone calls, you reach out to people, and then it's all going to come out in the wash anyway, right? So these, so you're going to reach out to those physicals. You're going to call them in the morning and say, hey, do you need help selling your house? 
I love the statistic you talked about too of if they actually meet you, there's a better chance of getting them to hire you as their agent. How does that phone call go? Like, what is your script for the guys that you called this morning that were the for sale by owners? Because they're, because right now it's like coronavirus time. Uh, I see that your house is for sale. You're selling on your own. I totally respect that. Just wanted to know, would you be open to working with agents if they can bring you a fully qualified buyer at this time? They say, yeah, yeah, we would. Okay. I'm not calling you. I want to be totally transparent. I'm not calling you because I have a buyer. I'm not going to lie to you. I just want to be here in case the house doesn't sell and serve as a backup plan. Um, I'm going to be in the area tomorrow previewing homes. Um, I might as well stop by and share some some information with you to cause the home to sell, some market information, real live up-to-date stats of what's going on. And I have a for sale by owner backup plan that I can share with you as well, just in case you want to go that route, if it makes the most sense for you. And then they'll say no, and they'll give me some reason. I'll just repeat what they say, and then say the exact same thing over again. <laughs> yeah. And I'll probably do that two or three times. And then, like, I, I always ask them, like, you're not going to do anything unless it makes sense to you, right? And like, right. I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'll be over there. I'll be in that area. I could probably stop by, um, by two or does three typically work better for you and just give me a time and we'll meet. But right, right. now, it's going like, um, I don't want to let anybody out in the house at all unless they're they're submitting the offer i don't have to come over the house i can share that through with you over the phone or i would rather much show it to you so you can have a better understanding of what what's going on like do you have an instagram or a facebook i can call you through there you can see exactly what i'm talking about and then like almost always they just say yeah like yeah sure Great tips today, Julian. Thanks for coming on the show, especially as an avid listener that's, that's listened to a couple hundred of our podcasts. The, I am excited that you got to come on here today and share with the people out there. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. This is a life milestone for me being on here. <laughs> awesome. Check it off the bucket list, man. Thanks for showing up. All right. If you liked that little hip, that was from Julian Colvard. Remember episode 905 on the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. All right, here was a fun one. State of the Market 48 with Bigger Pockets podcast host David Green. Are you stuck in a sales slump? Here's some ways to get more real estate business. Go have a listen. We did have somebody email. So last time we were on here, we said, hey, if you need help, send us an email. And there was a gal sent me an email just a couple days ago. And she has hit a stopping block, right? She's, she's hit a rough patch. And the and it's been a few months since she's been able to get a listing. So the if, if you were doing really good, but you've hit a stopping point, like reassess, right? Have you, have you experienced that much the, in, in re, when it comes to real estate? Yeah. So what I did is in 2017, 2018, I remember listening to real estate rock stars and it hit me. We don't need to do everything we hear everyone else say. We got to figure out the things we're good at and then figure out how do I amplify those things? Like I just wasn't going to go door knocking. I knew that that's not my thing. So listening to people tell me all the, all the time, go door knocking wasn't wise. So what I did was I just pulled up my Zillow and I looked at my past sales for that year. And I, and I made a little spreadsheet and I put in the address. I put in the client's name and how I met them. That simple. And I, I went through and I noticed pretty much every single client on that list, I either met them from an open house, they were in my sphere, or they were a referral from another agent that I had met, usually at like a marketing thing or a networking event, like somewhere I was speaking, I was teaching people how to flip houses. These agents would meet me there. And I realized there's three places I get leads from. So what would happen if I just tripled how often I do those things? If I did three times as many open houses, if I went to three times as many events, and if I talked to my sphere three times as often as I do right now, 
that was so simple and scalable and doable that I didn't feel overwhelmed. Like I can't take action. Two months ago, there was no iBuyers. Now it says Zillow is wanting to come back. So the company is bringing on Regina Benjamin, the former U.S. Surgeon General, to consult on and develop new safety protocols as it returns to iBuying. Um, I don't think it's bad Zillow's doing this. I think it's smart that they're being responsible and they're looking to how to make people feel safer. But I think for the people that are listening, you're better off to understand that the government can do very little to actually keep you safe from a virus that they can't control, that this is a part of what happens in the world. We have pandemics like this where a lot of people get sick and that you're better off to look at this and say, okay, there's been a shift. So as agents look a step ahead and say, how do people feel and how can I change my marketing strategies or the advice I give people to, to uh, capitalize on that shift, right? Like this is good for business. When there's a change in the market, when there's a change in strategies, it opens up doors for new people. The iBuyers that every agent was talking about for the last two years, oh, they're going to change the industry. They're stealing all of our business. They all dropped off the second the market wasn't rising. The second that it wasn't a guarantee that the market's going to go up, iBuyers dropped out. That's not really a credible threat to our industry, but we were so worried about it. You know, Changes like this are good for business in the sense that the big dog, right? Like the big company that we feel like we can't compete with, their, their whole model goes right out the window as soon as this happens. Like you heard, I think Dave Osborne was on your show talking about that. And I yeah. thought that that was really good. You know, real estate is always going to be a relationship business. And that is your secret weapon. The relationship you have with the client where you have the opportunity to share information that's coming out and give them a plan to make them feel better, much like Zillow is trying to do. Like we can learn from that. We should be doing the same thing in our own businesses. All right. And that was just an excerpt from State of the Market 48 with David Green. If you liked what he had to say and you want to hear the rest, go back and listen to that one. This one's from State of the Market 49 I did with Pat Hyben. He talked about six steps to seven, seven figures and the coronavirus impact on commercial real estate. Like the thing that you said, it was like, don't build from ground zero, like get a little bit of a success and then build yeah. from that success. And build up, success. build up, build up. Doesn't matter if you're, if, 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 for a real estate agent, it could be like you sell a house to a teacher. Well, that, that should be a success. And then you build from there. You, you be, you're like, Hey, can you, you know, post a brochure of the listing in your, in, in your lunchroom, your teacher's room, or can I bring donuts to the teachers or, you know, how can I, you know, volunteer at the school? And then when you meet another teacher say, Oh, I bought, I, I sold Sally a house. Oh, really? You sold Sally a house? And then, you know, then as soon as you sell that second teacher, then you'd be like, I sold Sally and I sold Margaret a house, you know? Oh, really? You did? I did that with cops. I probably sold 30 cops houses and stuff over the years. And, and I always remembered the names. I would forget people's names so easily. I sold so many houses, but, but I would always remember the cops because I'd be like, I sold Officer Thompson, Officer Ladowski, and Officer, you know, Schmidt houses. Do you know them? Uh, and they all know each other, right? Yeah. They're all like, yeah, yeah. They're at least say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just <laughs> made it so much easier for them to use me. Right, they were like drop names they don't even know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, and that, that it was instant credibility for me. So you know, you you gotta you gotta think like that. We actually have a whole whole course inside you know inside Rebus. You could find it on Hybin Digital. It's about your six steps book, right? So you took your book and then you built this whole course out over it. it when we when you go into your course, is it do people follow them in order? Do you need to do the one six in order? Is there one that you have a favorite, and how did you come up with that? 
I certainly like the last chapter invest because I think that's how what what enabled me to to manifest the lifestyle that I have and to manifest you know uh, to, to make makes me a little bit different than um, a lot of real estate agents who a lot of agents set goals and things like that and track and stuff like that but but very few actually get out of the rat race like Robert Kiyosaki talks about right very few like quit you know, or retire yeah. or, you, you know, with any money, you know, most of them retire with tax li- state, state and federal tax liens on their house or, or, you know, not much money in the bank, uh, not much investments, things like that. So I think that that kind of makes me a little unique that yes, I was able to do real estate. I was able to succeed at real estate, but I was also able to, to, you know, take those commissions and, and reality is I would have never been able to buy my, any houses or any forms of real estate if I didn't use real estate commissions from sales to do it. I didn't have another job. So, so it was the selling of the real estate that enabled me to buy investments. And then it was the investments that enabled me to stop working and to not have to chase FISBOs at, at an older age and to, you know, be beholden to sellers and buyers who, you know, complain about the same stuff you've heard a thousand times over. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's the biggest reason for people to look at, you know, to look at your book, right? To read, your, to read your book and take the course because it talks about how you built this business during times somewhat similar to what we might see over the next few years, right? You hustled and you worked and the invest. And what that really did was put you in a place where right now, a lot of our listeners out there are stressed because they have less sh- they have less listings than they did, or they're going to have to make some pivots and things like that. And the biggest reason that right now you're not doing the podcast anymore, you're not doing all this other stuff is because you were able to invest your, your way into a place where now you're just stable and okay. And you can kind of do whatever you want. Like that invest part is the critical part about saying you don't have to worry about how to do it. As a reminder, if you want to go back and hear the rest of that episode, go check out State of the Market number 49 with Pat Hyben. Next up, episode 906. This was How to Thrive Through the Next Recession with Karen Briscoe. Most people over the last year before coronavirus happened have, have said, hey, we're at a peak. Hey, this can't last forever. You know, the prices have gone up for a long time. And I think what everybody was, was failing to see was what could cause this, right? Because everybody said, hey, we're at a peak, but Nothing's slowing it down anytime soon. The, did you did you hear much of that? Feel that way? Again, I thought it was going to be election related. If you okay. look back at the last recessions, uh, and it's interesting because some people, and I'm not an economist, but some economists say, you know, this is the market was ready for a correction and it found COVID nineteen or COVID nineteen found it. I mean, the market was ready for a correction. They just so, needed a domino, yeah. Yeah. So I would say that if you were gonna like, okay, how do I predict the future? Well, the past performance is the best, you know, indicator of future results, even though, you know, your your <laughs> your financial advisor will say not to rely on that. But that's why the muscle memory of looking at what's happened in last recessions and how long these market cycles last typically, because, you know, really truly nobody can predict the future, but we do have signs and indicators that we can look at. And one of the indicators is that, you know, when the market gets completely out of balance one way or the other, right? So I track supply and demand 
on a quarterly basis for our market area. And it was a tale of two markets. So in the upper bracket, there's plenty of supply and not as much demand. And when you get down into the more affordable brackets, uh, there was a lot of demand and not enough supply. And so when you have these scenarios, uh, oftentimes those are indicators that something's going to happen in, in the market to shifted and just think about how fast it shifted. Oh my gosh. Do you think we're going to see a price correction like what we saw in 2001? Or do you think we'll see a price correction like what we saw in 2007? Or, or do you think that within a few months we'll be balancing along? See, I don't feel like we had a real estate price correction in 01. 01 was the dot-com bust Right. And, and and people were impacted, but they weren't impacted anywhere near. Right. Like There's just a lot less right cash in the market. Yeah. Yep. There was just like, it was um, what we're experiencing, what we experience in most of these markets is really uh, tight, you know, monetary cash flow lending guidelines become stricter, all that kind of thing, which, you know, of course, we're seeing that again right now. So I think it's really a combination of, of two. And the, the two, the 07, 08, uh, the economic crisis of 0708. Now, it wasn't a ha- that was a housing and financial market crash. This is going to be an economic crisis, not necessarily a housing crisis. What's different about this is, is we don't have any supply. As I say we, most market segments where there's demand don't have enough supply. Right. And they were already going into that. See, the difference was in 0708-09 is supply kept increasing. And that's why tracking the numbers on a quarterly basis, I find to be the best way to know which direction the market's going. Because as a real estate professional, we live into the future of the market. You know, appraisers look back, but we look into the future. and We're trying to predict where the market's going. And when you're tracking supply and demand, you can see where if it's you know getting ready to shift over to a, you know either buyer's market or a seller's market. And what I see signs are, we will have less buyers, but we also still have less sellers. So I don't think I see prices going down. All right. And again, if you want to go back and listen to the rest of that one, you're going to go look for episode 906, How to Thrive Through the Next Recession with Karen Briscoe. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. 
Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.